When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Podcast on Fifth Ave. The day that this is releasing is officially one week away from the start of the regular season for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And it's a bit confusing for me because they still have nine defensemen. And we're we're down to the wire at this point. They're still over the cap. They have nine defensemen. There have been some like I, I I personally haven't been very impressed by Jeff Petrie so far. I I don't really know what's going on, what their plan is. Ron Hextall has some time to make some decisions. They're going to have to shuffle guys around, uh, but they they do have to be considering the cap space and what's going. It's just kind of a hot mess, basically. Um, it's a hot mess. So Taylor, what are we looking at in terms of the current defenseman situation and what we could possibly see as the lineup come next week? Yeah, I mean, I think we've been seeing it all camp. Like there really hasn't been a lot of like experimenting and shuffling. Like, okay, Dumoulin, Latang, um, obviously the first par- pairing, Pedersen and Petrie have been together, second pairing, uh, pretty much all of camp. And I think I think they've looked look, look fine as a pairing. Um Jan Ruda has been on, on the third pairing. And, you know, coming into this, everyone's like, oh, it's going to be like Ty Smith, Theo Joseph, Mark Friedman, Chad Ruidol. We've, we've only seen Ty Smith on work on that pairing. Um, you know, like sometimes you'll see Pio or Ruidol or Friedman rotate in a little bit during some of these practice drills. But it's, it's pretty clear that Ty, Ty Smith is good, probably going to be Jan Ruda's partner to open the season. Um, I don't know how, how I feel about that. It, it, it's tough because I, I would send Ty Smith down to Wilkes-Barre just to get cap compliant. I mean, they'd have to make other moves too. But Ty Smith, the only guy remaining who is exempt from waivers who can just go down uh, other than Sam Pullian, but no, he, he's going to go down too. But uh, yeah. on defense, Ty Smith is the only one. And it's, you know, like I get – I get questions like I, I was doing like a live cues today. Like, why isn't Pia Joseph like in the lineup? And it's like because they can only dress six, six defensemen. <laughs> the, the the first five mm-hmm. spots are pretty clearly locked up, and then the other one, uh, Ty Smith. It seems like they just think he's ahead of Pia Joseph, which makes sense given that Ty Smith he's entering his third professional season. He's only ever played in the NHL. He has two full mm-hmm. years of NHL experience. Um, I think all of these defensemen, the options, you know, n- none of them are going to be perfect. They all have their weaknesses. Uh, P.O., it's really about 
I mean, like, ideally he would be bigger, but that's not what's keeping him from being in the lineup. It's more about um, just making, like, mistakes, uh, playmaking. Sullivan has talked about how they want him to take what the game gives him, meaning, like, don't force things that aren't there because then that's when you make mistakes. And that's that's what they want to see P.O. need do to get into the – lineup ty smith they really 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 like his offensive game and the way he just walks mm-hmm. on the blue line how like deceptive he is there and what he can bring just offensively in general on the power play if he gets there they really haven't been using him when now that it's been the nhl group but um with him it's just his defensive game that's it's a real weakness and you know todd reardon they it's, he's like become like the defenseman whisperer and like turning like mm-hmm. games around. And so I think, you know, they maybe P.O. Joseph might be ready now, but I think they think that Ty Smith has a higher ceiling. And if you're going to invest into either one of these guys, Ty Smith, probably the guy you want to have up in Wilkesbury working with, I mean, up in Pittsburgh working with yeah. Todd Reardon. Yeah. Rather than an, although like Wilkes-Barre's defense coach is Sheldon Brookbank, like he's not some schmuck. Uh, so I don't know. I I personally would send Ty Smith down to start, but doesn't seem like it's gonna happen. Yeah. So, uh, oh gosh, yeah. It's it's just stressful, and it's not our decision to make, obviously. But looking at this, like. And and then looking at pairings too, like how how do you work that? There are there are guys like Chris Letang and Brian Dumoulin probably going to be the lock for for number one. But is Brian Dumoulin's play going to be the? Or is he going to kind of play up to his ceiling and his potential, or is he going to be the Brian Dumoulin that we've seen the past couple of years, where he seems to be overthinking things? He he isn't as strong breaking out of of the penguins and and creating offense like he he has just struggled in recent years do you, do you think that he potentially bounces back this year or, or are those struggles going to continue it, it's hard to say i mean his his skating hasn't looked great so far from what we've seen in training camp in the preseason mm-hmm. i mean he is coming off of that that injury uh that kept him out you know, at the end of last season, um, his knee injury. So I don't know if like that's a factor uh, right now with with his skating and why it is the way it is. I, he he doesn't have to be better than he was last year. Uh, yeah. But even if if he's not Latang's partner, then I also don't know who is. Uh, we right. I mean Joseph did play a little bit with Latang when they were going through like all the COVID. Uh, you know that that wave, and I don't I don't think that. P.O. Joseph is the ideal partner for Chris Letang. I think whoever's going to be with Letang yeah. needs to be someone uh, just uh, who is not going to be making a whole lot of uh, risky plays and mm-hmm. um, just someone responsible because Chris Letang is an offensive guy and offensive defenseman. Just it's not like a Letang thing. It's just offensive defensemen typically do have like a lot of turnovers and stuff like that. So yeah. you need someone to kind of balance him out. Given that their concern with P.O. is that he's making like risky, risky plays and not taking what the game gives him and all that. Like, I don't think yeah. that Pio would be the ideal uh, partner. We're also, I mean, we're leaving out Friedman and Ruido, both guys who I think could be 
you know, like a third pairing guy too, but it just seems like not even in the conversation. Now, Ruido, we know he is definitely a guy who is capable of sitting in the press box and not playing for long periods of time. And then when he does have an opening, he can step in and be effective. Mm-hmm. I mean, last, last season he was a regular, but before that, you know, that kind of was his role, just being the extra defenseman. And he's good at it. So I, 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 I thought, you know, he's, he, last year he showed enough that he could be a regular. Um, he's not going to be someone that's very flashy uh, or stands out in a good or a bad way. He's just a reliable kind of consistent guy, which is what you want on that mm-hmm. pairing. Um, Mark Friedman, I think Mark Friedman could be a regular too, but, uh, you know, there's just not a lot of, there's just no room. Friedman also, I mean, he could be a guy that maybe you sit out and put him in when it's a game where you're really going to want what he brings, which is being a pest and being uh, chippy, aggressive, all that. But um, it's just hard to have three extra D who could be playing. But I it, it just I, I don't know how this is going to play out. I, I'd send Ty Smith down. That's what I do. I'd put one of those other guys in. But I just don't think that's what's going to happen. We'll see how it unfolds. They have a week to get it sorted out, and there's going to be a lot of shuffling. But it's, yeah, I just, I again, I don't really know what Ron Hextall was thinking or what he is thinking, and uh, th- it doesn't quite make sense. But we'll we'll see how it plays out. Um, I don't know. The, the reg- oh, I, and, and there's a chance too that the what we see opening night changes at some point in the season too it's not like they have to maintain this set of defensemen but it's it's the pittsburgh penguins they'll have an injury a weekend and none of this is gonna matter and someone's gonna get in oh my god yeah it's gonna happen because it always happens it's gonna Mm -hmm. happen night one somebody's gonna get hurt and then they're gonna have to make adjustments for the game on saturday because that's just how it goes with this team but it'll be interesting to watch it play out and then hope hopefully by the time we're recording for the um, opening day uh, episode, we'll have some more answers. But the the defenseman thing is super curious. Uh, We have some other curious news, but we'll get to that after we take a quick break. All right, we're back. The Penguins placed Redeem Zahorna on waivers, and very quickly he was picked up by the Calgary Flames. And that was interesting. That was not a forward move that I was expecting because I I was under the impression that they liked his size, they liked the the aggressive style of play that he that he brought. Um, and anytime he was a bottom six forward, he he was very uh, reliable for them. I, I, so that was an interesting move. And they're still over the cap. And now what happens with the forward situation? Like, what, what does that mean for them if, if anything happens, really, to throw off the current balance that they have? What's going on with the forwards? Yeah, I mean, just to touch on Zawarna first. So, you know, I, I did a couple of stories late in the summer about just, like, how are they going to get cap compliant and what needs to happen? And, like, they can only afford to carry – so you can have a 23-man roster. The Penguins have the cap space for a 22-man roster. 
it really doesn't matter which depth pieces go down to make that happen because they all make roughly the same amount. Um, like sending Archibald down and his 900,000 really doesn't make a difference if uh, compared to someone who makes like league minimum 750. So yeah, like when I, when I wrote those stories, I did have Zahorna going down to start just because they don't have the room for him. Um, mm-hmm. I was 50, 50 uh, of, you know, the guys they had to put on waivers like him and Fadoon and Nylander late Dakarski, he was one the one where I was like, if anyone's going to get claimed, it's going to be Zahorna. I saw people saying like, oh, Nylander's as good as gone. Obviously, that didn't happen. I think fans just tend to overrate your own players. Yeah, a um, little bit. Zahorna, I also think Zahorna's going to end up coming back because. So if if it's safe to say that Calgary is the only team to put in a waiver claim for him. Because if multiple teams put in a waiver claim, the team, at this point in the year, the team that was worse last year in the league standings gets him. Calgary was one of the best teams in the league last year, so it's pretty safe to say that they were the only ones that wanted Zahorna. Mm. When you look at, like, Calgary's roster and who they have, and, like, I'm not sure that Zahorna's going to have a spot there all year. And... Mm-hmm. So if they decide they don't need him anymore, they don't want him anymore, they would also have to put on him on waivers to send him down. And I know people think that the Penguins would have first dibs at him. It's it's not like that. They don't have first dibs at him. They would have to put in a waiver claim like ever anyone else. But if the Penguins put in a waiver claim on Zahorna and they are the only team to put in a waiver claim, then they would be allowed to send him down to Wolfsbury. Um, that's kind of what the first dibs things means. Like if anyone's going to take him okay. from the AHL, it's going to be the Penguins because they had him first. Um, speaking of him, the Calgary Flames just posted him in his little his little Flames jersey. Oh, look at him! Doesn't look right to me, but anyway, oh. um, I think I that's something that does happen where, um, you know, like a team um, will claim a guy, decide. Later on, they don't want him. Put him on waivers. Um, the la- the last time, it's rare to just lose a player to waivers in general. The last time the players lost the Penguins, a player to waivers was Stefan Nason in what was that twenty nineteen? I remember that. Yeah, to the Sharks, and the Sharks are a bad team. Had a spot for Stefan Nason, so he stayed there all year. Before mm-hmm. that, the year before eighteen nineteen, um, they lost JSD to waivers. Uh, I think it was the Devils that picked him up, but like three weeks later, the Devils were like, "Never mind," <laughs> tried to send him down, <laughs> and then and then the Penguins just took him back, put him in Wilkes-Barre. So I I think that's what's going to happen with Zahorna. Um, the big knock on him, we talked about this last week when Danny filled in was <sighs> his conditioning, but I think people look at him and they're just like, "Oh, big guy who can't skate," but that's not what it was. He was sick for three months to start last season. And then so once he felt fine, he really wasn't fine. He was just behind the eight mm-hmm. ball playing catch-up all year. Full year, full summer in the gym, conditioning not really an issue right now. But still, just the Flames are a very good team. I, I don't see him sticking there all year. Um, so I think he'll be back. But if okay. he doesn't, to answer That's your question, if he doesn't come back, um, if they need to call up a forward – so it's, if they need to call up a center, I think this really opens up the door for Sam Poulan. Because um, Zahorna, you know, he can play center, he can play wing. 
I think if they were going to call up a center before, the Horner would have been the guy that comes up. Um, but now, Sam Poulin is really the only option. Drew O'Connor mm-hmm. can play center and wing, and he was mostly a center in Wilkesbury. But Sullivan has been pretty clear in training camp that they really only see O'Connor as a wing at this level. They yeah. don't like him as a center, but they really like Sam Poulin as a center. Um, just how strong like his his skate. He's not the fastest guy, but he's just He's, like, got cement, like, feet in a good way. Like, you can't knock him down. You can't knock him off the puck. So he's very mm-hmm. good at protecting the puck down low and being able to make plays from down there. So um, I think this just opens the door for Sam Poulin. I think Sam Poulin is ready. Just talking to him during training. It, first of all, he's light years ahead of where he was this time last year as a player. And then just, like, confidence-wise, he's he, he, he just so so ready to be out here. You can tell. Um Something like he said during like early in camp that I thought was like kind of funny. Someone asked him like how ready he is for how how close he is to the NHL. He thinks he is, and he was he, mm-hmm. th- he said he thinks he could play there this year. He's like, but you never know with like the way things go health wise, and like there might not be a spot. Yeah. It's like Sam, this is the Pittsburgh Penguins. We're <laughs> a couple days into ca- training camp, and they're down two centers. Like <laughs> Jeff. Yeah. Jeff Carter, Teddy Bluger. Carter's fine now. Bluger's probably going to be fun for the start of the regular, regular season. But, like, you see how things yeah, go. it's going to happen. Gonna, there's going to be a yeah. spot. Um, so, yeah, I think this just opens the door for Sample. And uh, I think just depth-wise, you still would like to have Zahorna back. But I don't think um, – yeah. okay, people were overreacting to this. Uh, like, obviously, it's not great to lose a guy for nothing on waivers. However – yeah. Losing your 13th forward on waivers is not – when you have guys who are probably just as good, it's not going to make or break a team. Yeah. Relax. Yeah. If that if that <laughs> were the case, there would be much bigger issues for the, the Penguins as an organization if, if Redeem Zahorna's <laughs> departure was going to take them out of contention for the Stanley Cup. Um, Can the franchise which, yeah, recover – no, Fenway, get out. We now. never will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you screwed it up already. Uh, oh, it's embarrassing. But yeah, so that's it's interesting. It, it would be really cool to finally see Sam Puyan up at that level. Um, would what does the cap look like then if if they have to shuffle forwards around? I don't quite understand the salary cap in any league because honestly, salary caps just feel more like a myth to me than actual logical thinking but what if any effect does bringing sam up sending guys what what effect does that have on the cap so to start the year so we talk about they have to have a they really can only afford a 22-man roster it really doesn't matter which of the depth pieces are in over the others because just because they're gonna be like it's so close so really it, it just doesn't matter so with the way things are now and the, the roster they have now um taylor fadoon has to go down that's gonna happen anyway he did just clear waivers when we started recording um they couldn't he was only up because he was hurt you can't send an injured guys down so he's healthy he will go down um philip Lindbergh, he's up as a third goalie right now i honestly don't know why he's still up uh mm-hmm. like they brought him up to back up when jari was sick and couldn't go to detroit but Lindbergh's been around for two practices since then. And, like, Jari's fine. This is fine. Lindbergh, like, I don't think he – like, today's practice was, like, an hour and 20 minutes. I don't think Lindbergh 
saw the net until like the very end. Um, so he needs to go down. Sample and has to go down um, to start. He's exempt from waivers. I think that that's a given anyway. Um, with the line combinations they're using right now in practice, he, he's not in one anyway. He was rotating with the fourth line now that they're healthy. Um, and then two more guys have to go down. Uh, so that could be, I mean, two of the defensemen that they, that they have, like Ty Smith, but then even Ty Smith alone wouldn't do it. Um, you'd probably have to yeah. Joseph too. Um, so I, in all this would only get them with a just barely cap compliant 22 man roster does not leave any room for, um, call-ups and uh, so they would have one extra defenseman one of so but what, what we're working with i would send ty smith pio joseph down and then one of friedman or ruido would get in the other one of friedman ruido would be the extra bluger's gonna come back bluger's gonna be healthy and then one of paling or archibald would be the extra and that's what you so you'd have one extra forward one extra d with the 22 man roster no room for call-ups um and if like you have like a minor injury during the season that's only uh ir does is only opens up a roster spot does not open up any cap relief only long-term ir opens up a cap relief so you know if you go in and a couple of guys just get banged up then you're screwed right off the bat so what i'm getting at what this all comes back to is that i still think a trade is like the better Mm way to get cap compliant just because you can't go into the season with 22 players and no flexibility yeah Um, yeah. so Uh, do you think a trade's gonna happen or is that just i don't know because you look at like hextall he talked a couple days ago at training camp he didn't rule it out but and something you said is there are a lot of teams in this situation where like they can get cap compliant by sending guys down, but they would really prefer to make a trade. Um, mm-hmm. And then just with a flat cap, there's only, there's really not that many teams that can afford to just, you know, take on a salary dump. And so the price to make that happen is going to be very steep because there's only, there's a lot of team. You got no, really no bargaining power. There's a lot of teams that need to dump salary. There's only a, a handful of teams that have the room to accommodate that it's going to cost a whole lot to make that happen. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's tough. I don't know. I don't know how this is going to, this is going to end. Uh, we're really not getting any indication from anything we're seeing or hearing and training camp. Um, you know, when Hextel talked, it just sounded like everything's, anything's a possibility. So uh, yeah, I mean, they have a week, which yeah, kind of a long time, but also not that long of a time. So yeah. It, you, yeah. I, it's, it would be move, great move to, like, s- sending Joseph down. I I, I don't know. He's kind of like the Horner where I'm like, maybe 50-50. It's hard. Same thing. A team's going to, if they're going to claim him, they kind of have to plan or intend on keeping him a full year. Yeah. Uh, because otherwise the Penguins could just take him back. And he only has a handful of NHL games experience, and he does have weaknesses too. And if he's going to be a regular, you know, teams probably would want him to be stronger. So you might be able to just send Pio down and he clears waivers. 
it's pretty easy. Uh, obviously, they did just lose the Horna, but it's easier to get guys through waivers this times of year, this time of year, because so many teams don't have the cap space right now, and then they have their rosters set and they're healthy. So, yeah, there aren't that many teams out there that are like, we only have five defensemen, we need another. Like, I wonder who it's going to be. Like, they're not sitting around with an open spot on defense right, right yeah. now. Whereas, like during the year, if you tried sending Pio down other teams with injuries and like they could use a guy to come you know fill in but mm-hmm. so they might be able to send Pio down uh that would I think be great not great for Pio but great in that if they can send him down ha- keep that depth yeah uh, that'd be ideal but I don't know if that's what's one week anything can happen and we'll see let's take one more break we'll be right back And we're back. So the day that we're recording, October 5th, is Mariel Lemieux's 57th birthday. So we just wanted to toss out a little happy birthday vibes and wishes to him because obviously he's kind of a big deal here in Pittsburgh. And we, yeah, uh, love him. One of the greatest hockey players of all time. Um, The Penguins are still here in Pittsburgh because of Mario. So we have him to thank for that as well. Great dude, uh, awesome, awesome hockey player, just all around lovely human being, it seems. Um, so happy birthday to him, 57. That doesn't feel right. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But here we are. Time just keeps marching on. Um, speaking of craziness, uh, so we've, we've talked about it already, but Jake Gensel, Ricard Raquel, they both became fathers over the summer break. They're both dads now. And Taylor, you talked to both of them about that, just about about being dads, about is there going to be dad strength involved in this upcoming season for them? Because we know that happened with Gino. Um, yeah. Yeah. Where, where, where are they? How are they feeling about everything? Well, for like the dad strength thing, I feel like a lot of guys talk about that. I think like, like, so Brian Rust um, was like another guy who – uh, had a baby recently, I want to say it was the end of the regular season two years ago. Um, and I remember, like, the day after, like, his wife gave birth to their son, he just scored, like, a crazy goal off of, it was, like, I want it was, like, like at the, like, the top of the right circle, just, like, the hardest shot we've ever seen Brian Rust take, and I'm like, that's the dad strength. Um, so if anyone's going to be able to get dad strength, uh, Raquel and, and Jake, uh, two uh, pretty key players, uh, so hopefully it's real, but yeah, yeah. But I mean, both of them, yeah. They just said they're they're uh, they are sleeping pretty well. Um, I, <laughs> I asked, you know, because they they always talk about how you know it gives them just like a new perspective on like life and also hockey and all this. And I asked like Raquel about that. Raquel's like, I feel older. He's like, like I have mm. responsibilities now. <laughs> like it's, it's just funny. Um, but uh, they do have an, a dad to be in the locker room too, Marcus Patterson. Um, oh, Marcus Patterson and his girlfriend uh, Beatrice, I think her name is. Um, they're expecting their first child in February, so during the season. Uh, he's a guy that could wow. stand in, add some dad strength too. I did ask him. I was like, "Do you know if it's a boy or a girl yet?" Uh, he said, "They're they don't they're they don't want to find out. They want to be surprised." So. Um, 
he sounded really excited about just, um, I mean, to be a dad, but then also the fact that, you know, him and Raquel are like best friends. They're so close. And like Raquel just had his daughter, Daisy. Mm-hmm. And, like, and so he's talking about how he hopes they can be friends, uh, like his kid and, and Raquel's daughter. Uh, I think, I think that's pretty cool. That is awesome. It's, it mm-hmm. is, it's special whenever you get to share those big life moments with people who who you really care about and really care about you and that's awesome I'm hoping that all three of them are just totally buff with dad strength this season I would love to see especially since Gensel and Raquel have been on Crosby's line like the Crosby just has perpetual dad strength even though he's not a dad he just <laughs> plays that way so if they could be a first line of Oh my God, that that would be great. Yeah, and Marcus Pedersen too could probably benefit to to get some dad strength. Uh, but that's that's awesome. Really exciting for all of them. In between segments, when we were recording, the PWHPA announced that they're coming back to Pittsburgh, November twenty fifth through twenty seventh. That's next month. They're going to be playing four games at yeah. PPG Arena. That is super exciting. Yeah, the PWHPA, that's the Professional Women's Hockey Players Association. It's not really like a league. They play, they go around, they do like showcases. Um, These are really the women that are not playing in the PHF, which used to be the NWHL. Um, These are the women, like their goal is to form a league eventually, um, maybe backed by the NHL or NHL teams, maybe not. Uh, but in the meantime, they do that. They've been doing this for a couple of years now where they go around, uh, they do, they do showcase. And so there are a lot of women in it. Like you said, four games, uh, late November, it's going to be held in Cranberry. Um, I, a little surprising because like attendance, like they could, I mean, like they're not going to fill up, uh, PPG the short notice. But, yeah. Um, but yeah. like they, they, they could stand have it there. Like they, they were just here. Last year, it was the rivalry rematch, uh, Team USA versus Team Canada. They had a PPG. Mm-hmm. That was another thing where it's pretty short notice, too. I think they're only like two weeks before between when they announced it and when, when the game happened. Jeez. Yeah, that's quick. Like pretty good, all things considered. Mm-hmm. But, you know, <laughs> there was like no time yeah. to market it. Um, yeah, uh, really excited for that. Um, excited to see a Marie Philippe Poulin overtime goal. Um, I mean, Captain Canada, people who aren't familiar with her, like you should be. Uh, <laughs> when when they were, I mean, just the number of golden goals she has, like her, like herself, um, and like or just the goals she has in gold medal games in World Championships and the Olympics mm-hmm. is crazy. They call her Captain Clutch. When they were here for the rivalry rematch, Canada USA, she scored the overtime goal. Um, I, I think I like tweeted before the game, like before the game, like cannot wait to see Marie Philip Plant score an overtime winner, and then she did. <laughs> um, so that's just what Lives she does. Up to the hype. Yeah, so excited to see that. Um, but yeah, pl- players like uh, Hillary Knight, um, Amanda Castle, who is still working for the Penguins, um, love it. And that kind of like it's like kind of like an internship role. She um, where she just bounces around between departments, but. Um, I mean, she hasn't retired yet or anything. She's so she'll be in there too. But um, yeah, really, yeah, that. that's awesome. PPG Arena is it's a really 
it's, it's just a really nice arena. And it, it's cool that that kind of thing's coming to Pittsburgh. But you, you've been to all of the arenas. You, you've seen them all. Not I've all been to <laughs> not all of them. Not, okay. No, I, I think I'll get there this year, but okay, um, been to a lot close of though. <laughs> okay, yeah. So I've only been to Amelie, but we were talking about uh, in between, just kind of arenas, the better ones, the worst ones, uh, places we want to go. What What are some of your favorite arenas you've been to? What are some of your least favorite you've been to? Uh, I know I don't like Amelie. I the the layout is weird. Um, it doesn't feel like it's a normal shape. Um, and it's really, really, really dang expensive. Um, like I, I was blown away, like exceptionally overpriced, but it's, yeah. you know, it is what it is. I, from our perspective, I like Amelie. It's Tampa for people that don't know. Um, I, I like it. I think I like the vibes there. Um, like the in arena hosts they have and like the music they play and it's just so much. Yeah. Like- music's good a cooler vibe, I think, than PPG. Mm. Um, but the reason this came up when we were talking about it between segments is because I, I just got back from Detroit um, for the preseason game there, and that that is my favorite road city, um, for, or at least road building. It's It opened, I want to say, I think 2017. Like it's, it's one of the newer ones in the league. Uh, and like there are a lot of new buildings – they don't really have a whole lot of character. Uh, like Vegas comes to mind. Vegas's arena looks like every other new arena. Uh, I mean, it's <laughs> cool. It's all like it's, it's it's all right. It's just nothing special. Like they have their own cool like little effects things on the ice and whatever. But as far as like the actual building, nothing mm-hmm. really special about it. Detroit, they did a really good job of giving it character and kind of making it look like an older building. Like it's a lot mm. of brick. It's a lot of brick. Um, the concourse is very like tall and open and they just did a really good job of um, incorporating the history. Like every, it's like a couple of feet. There's like a statue of like Gordy Howard, Ted Lindsay and mm. you know, all this kind of stuff around them, like pictures of them or there's like a big Steve Eiserman, like kind of like mural on the wall. It's just, it's just really cool. Um, they have a lot of cool, like on ice effects and stuff like that too. Like, and they use that. Um, really, it's a cool way to incorporate the history too. So uh, something they do that's really cool that like I haven't seen at very many. I, I haven't seen it at any other arena. They start with all of their banners, um, like cut banners, retired numbers, like hidden. You can't see them. And then in the pregame intro, they kind of drop down like super dramatically, like smoke mm. all around, like lights. So the the cup years but then also like the players so like they'll um like they're projecting like gordy howe highlights onto the ice and Holy on the crap. video board and then like gordy howe's banner comes down and like the smoke and then like ted Lindsay, and then like all the cup banners are like that too and it, it's just really cool um and it's yeah only, that's rad uh well and like the food they got little caesar's pizza because it's little caesar's arena um uh but if I, you're looking to see the Penguins on the road. It's only a four-hour drive from uh, from Pittsburgh. Pretty cheap. To That's stay. not bad. In in Detroit, the hotel I stayed was like a hundred dollars a night. Like it was in Dearborn. Okay, like, fifteen minutes out, but definitely a good place to go see the Penguins play uh, on the road. It, it seems like UBS Arena, the Islanders, they kind of tried to do the same thing where. 
it does look a little bit it looks kind of like an older building with like the brick and mm. just the design choices but i just feel like they didn't do as good of a job of just giving it that kind of vibe and I guess you could say incorporating the history too. They don't have quite the history that the Red Wings have, obviously. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, because the Red Wings were talking about like way far back. The Islanders, there's stuff from like the 80s in there, obviously, and um, with like the players they honor yeah. and all that. But it just like not at obviously at the level Detroit is. But Detroit, yeah, definitely my favorite. I, I do get to go to uh, ASU's, the Coyotes building pretty. I'm excited for that because you know like they're sharing a rink with ASU and it only holds like 5,000 people like it's it's gonna be like going to a Nailers game if the Nailers filled up their building (laughs) but um, (laughs) it's literally the same size like roughly the same size as the building the Nailers play in and if you've ever been there like it feels tiny once you're in there so um yeah I feel like Attendance size, it'll be good for the Coyotes. Like, they'll probably be able to fill it up, um, like, ASU students and stuff like that, now that it's actually around something and not in the middle of nowhere, like Glendale. Yeah. So I, I think it'll be cool. It'll be a cool atmosphere. Uh, it's just super weird that NHL strange yeah. is playing in a building that tiny. Yeah, that's odd. Are there any others you want to go to? Yeah, I personally, I would love to – go experience a game at TD Garden. I just feel like the atmosphere would be pretty pretty wild um cuz Boston fans are Boston fans and I would love to see that and there's some, you know, some history there too for the Bruins. Um they're a pretty established franchise and would love to kind of see where they play. I would also just because I love Denver, I would I would love to go to Ball Arena, like uh, to see the Avalanche play. Um, and it may it may not be that great of an arena. I might be idealizing it because I just love the city of Denver. But I, those are those are top two on my list. And I think honestly, like going to Nationwide Arena because it's so close to Pittsburgh, like that's actually like a doable trip. I and from yeah. from what i've heard it's relatively you know decent um yeah Co- it's not columbus, that bad of an arena three hour drive um mm-hmm. the area around where columbus plays is uh really nice with like restaurants and all um it's a cool little arena uh yeah. again, again it's like a newer ish building that really doesn't look that like special or anything on the inside the cannon's cool if you've never experience it yeah Um, that's kind of also what i would love to see just yeah yeah buffalo is like kind of just that's also like right around three hours same thing um tickets probably pretty cheap there because they don't really have they don't really draw the greatest crowd um the building's not that special like i've walked around like that concourse and then like the outside and all that not really a whole lot going on there they're probably a yeah. team that's due for a new arena. If anyone's going to get one, it's like them, Calgary, because Calgary's building is literally falling apart. I don't know if you've seen this. Like pieces of the rough. roof are falling apart. Um, Calgary, it's the Saddle Dome. It has, so it has like the weird roof. Apparently, a real problem uh, for like um, getting like concerts there because like the roof is so low, like the in like the shape, of, they can't. Interesting. Anything that needs to be like hung from the ceiling, they really can't do it. 
So Calgary's due for a new building. Ottawa, just because Ottawa, um, it's like not near anything. Like it's like half an hour outside of actual downtown Ottawa. Like players mm-hmm. don't like going there just because there's nothing to do. <laughs> You're out in the middle of nowhere. That's boring. Ottawa's yeah. due for a new building. Florida's kind of sucks. Um, the Panthers. That's another one where it's yeah. like not near anything really. Like it's not in Miami. It's mm-hmm. in Sunrise. Um, kind of not. It's great for parking because <laughs> lots. Like, there's plenty of lots, it. <laughs> plenty of parking because there's nothing around. Um, yeah, but and like from a media standpoint, floor is kind of I don't like, not crazy about it either. Um, yeah, Chica- Chicago. The building's all right, but Chicago is like not really. Like the United Center is not really like near a whole lot either. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's like a lot of a lot of buildings like that. Um, yeah. I'm yeah. I'm looking forward to Seattle too. I didn't go to Seattle last year, but like okay, because they're they're in an older building. Like they didn't build it brand new for the Kraken, but they did put a whole lot of money into renovating it. And they have like a lot of uh, like natural light. Like the one side is all windows, mm. but it's also like street level. So you, people can like stand on the street and like look down into the arena. Very interesting, interesting. setup. That's and fascinating. Also, they don't have one big video board. They have two little ones. Oh, kind of interesting. Okay. Um. That yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Penguins do for a new video board. We talked about that. It's coming. Uh, Kevin yes. Ackland told me it not necessarily before the start of the season. I mean, not, they don't have it yet. Um, but yeah. he said because they are on their road enough early in the season that they might implement some of those changes uh, after the season already gets underway. Yeah. I mean, you look at other video boards, like De- Detroit's is massive. The Flyers have like a really cool one too. Like it's, it's big and like mm. it can shoot out like smoke from it and also fire. Um, and yeah, the, honestly, Flyers building's pretty cool too. You've never been there. I actually have. I mm-hmm. not for a game, but I went to see uh, Ariana Grande in Philly at <laughs> Wells Fargo. So there's that. Um, yeah, and it was it was pretty pretty decent. I yeah yeah I liked it in there. So they they do have that going for them. But it would be cool to see a, a game. Yeah. At Wells Fargo, so many arenas in this country they have soft um, pretzels in the press box too so i oh, i like philly as a road city <laughs> yeah good soft pretzel and yeah, that makes yeah. up for a lot of other things it really does dang yeah well hey everybody thanks for listening to podcasts on fifth Ave. we drop new ep- episodes every thursday so make sure you're subscribed we're so excited that the season's starting next week so seriously make sure you're following along because we'll be dropping an episode next thursday we will see you then